3: The National Broadcasting Company reminds its listeners that regular programs will be interrupted for the broadcast of any important news developments. Today, the Hamburg radio announced the death of Adolf Hitler. This report from the enemy has had no official confirmation from Allied sources. Should any developments occur on this story of Hitler or any other major story,
2: you will be kept informed by NBC. The Johnson Wax program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. I haven't talked to you for a long time about your automobile. Do you mind if I offer a suggestion? You can't change an old car into a new one simply by changing its appearance. You know that as well as I. And, of course, the tires and engine are more important than the finish. But believe me, with very little effort and money, you can make a tremendous difference in the looks of your car and in your satisfaction in driving it. You can do this easily with Johnson's Car New, the popular polish that does an amazing cleaning job without injuring the finish. Removes the dirt and dullness of winter without hard work. Carnew is a liquid. You apply it, let it dry to a powder, and wipe it off. The result is something you'll just have to experience yourself to believe. If I were you, I'd buy a package of Johnson's Carnew and clean and polish my car this week. You won't regret it. It's spelled C-A-R-N-U, Johnson's Carnew. <laughs> The post office serves a variety of people and purposes. Some go there to fill fountain pens, some to read the posters on the wall, some to mail letters, and some, fantastic as it may seem, go to the post office to buy postage stamps. Like Fibber McGee and Molly.
4: Did you get your stamps, dearie?
2: I'll
5: get them in a minute, Molly. I'm busy reading these posters. Look at them. Wanted for murder, wanted for counterfeiting, wanted for kidnapping. Wanted for robbery.
4: My goodness. Mm. Look at the one on the left there. Torpedo Gronsky. Mm. He'd make a lovely calendar for some exterminating company.
5: <laughs> boy, oh boy. I haven't seen so many hot mugs since the barbershop caught fire.
4: <laughs> well, let's get on home, dearie. I've oh, got
5: Oh, wait lo- a minute, Molly, wait. I want to look at the rest of these pictures. These crooks fascinate me. Look at this one, for instance. 6,000 bucks reward. Wanted in 12 states. Hmm.
4: I take back what I've always said, McGee.
5: What have you always said?
4: That it was a nice, warm feeling to know that you were really wanted.
5: <laughs> well, I really want this guy. For murder, arson, robbery, stealing, starting fires, and picket-pocking.
4: picket-pocking. Don't you mean pocket-picking?
5: No, oh, no, picket-pocking. He busted up a union meeting with a shotgun. <laughs> Boy, I'd like to lay my hands on that guy. Six thousand bucks reward.
4: Now, 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 take it easy, Dick Tracy. Wow. In the first place, this crook, uh, what's his name?
5: Briefcase Bronson. <laughs> on account of he always carries a couple of guns in a briefcase.
4: Well, he certainly looks harmless. Why, he looks like a schoolteacher.
5: Ah, don't let the glasses fool you, baby. <laughs> that bozo is as heartless as Western celery. <laughs> Just a minute, Clyde. I want to memorize his description. Mild blue eyes, light brown hair, slightly bald, neatly dressed, mole on left hip.
4: Well, that's a big help. Mole on left hip. (laughs) How on earth could you... Uh Uh-oh, look who's coming across the lobby, McGee. Mrs. Carstairs.
5: Huh? Oh, my gosh. What's she doing in the post office? Don't she realize she might have to rub shoulders, to say the least, with the common riffraff?
4: Well, for the taxes she pays, dearie, they ought to carry her back and forth in a fur-lined mail sack. You know, they say that you... Ah, oh, how do you do, Mrs. Carstairs?
0: <laughs> how do you do, Mrs. McGee? What a pleasant surprise meeting you. Ah, hi, uh-huh, Carsty. Oh, how do you do, Mr. McGee? What a pleasant, uh... My, isn't this a busy place? <laughs>
4: well, it really is, Mrs. Carstairs. Fascinating. My husband and I spent 22 hours in here one day. 22 hours? How frightfully boring.
5: Yeah, painful, too. I had my hand caught in the mail slot. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to get my letter back when I remembered I didn't have a stamp
0: on it. <laughs> You come down to mail a letter, Mrs. Carstairs? Uh, no, my dear. I came down here to issue a protest. I definitely do not like the new three-cent stamps.
5: Oh, well, that's too bad, Carsty. What's your objection? The glue on them tastes like glue?
0: I object to the color, Mr. McGee. That horrible magenta. For years, I've been using a pale blue stationery, and the combination of pale blue and magenta is simply revolting. And so are you. I beg your pardon? I I mean you're revolting against the color of the stamps. (laughs) Oh? Oh, yes. I see what I hope you mean.
5: Well, it looks like you got the government in a nasty corner, Karsty.
1: <laughs>
5: they certainly can't ask you to change the color of your stationery.
0: Indeed not. In fact, Mr. McGee, I think I shall suggest that they issue a three-cent stamp in a cerulean or Copenhagen blue, perhaps with your picture on it.
5: Oh, well, gee, thanks. That's pretty flattering, Karsty.
4: I thought they never used pictures of living people on stamps.
0: That is correct. <laughs> Well, I must be going. Good day. Good day,
5: Miss Garstairs. Well, yeah. now there goes a tomato that don't even know she's a tomato. <laughs> no amount of mayonnaise would convince her, either. Well,
4: I think she's nice, McGee. You seem to have a gift for antagonizing her, though. Come on, now. Let's go home.
5: Okay, and I hope we meet Briefcase Bronson on the way. Six thousand bucks would come in awful handy Oh, Mr.
4: McGee, don't forget your stamps.
5: Oh, my gosh. I almost did. <laughs> Thanks, Benny. <laughs> These mine? Yeah, those are yours. You sure you'll need all those?
4: Oh, yes. We can use them all.
5: How much I owe you, bud? Nine cents.
4: Here you are. Come on, McGee.
5: Mild blue eyes, light brown hair,
4: slightly
6: bald. Billy
2: Mills and the orchestra and Evelina.
5: I'm trying to get WVIS on the radio.
4: Oh. Having trouble with it? Yeah, a little. How?
5: I can't find the radio.
4: <laughs> you can't find it. Oh, silly. You threw your top coat over it. On the table there.
5: Huh? Oh. Oh, yes.
4: See if you can get Walter Winchell.
5: Winchell was on on Sunday. We're a little late.
4: I know, but when we bought this radio, they said it was a late model, so maybe you could...
7: Shh. <laughs> <laughs> and Mayor
5: Old Treble of Peoria, Illinois, who takes office tonight announces that Peoria, starting today, will be a regular stop on the American Airlines. Oh. Peoria, as you probably know, is the birthplace of that famous and much-loved radio comedy team... Oh, boy. Amos and Andy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the local news as time will allow. Wistful Vista police are on the alert today for the notorious briefcase Bronson, bank robber, confidence man, and murderer who escaped from the custody of deputy sheriffs late yesterday. Authorities are told. What'd I tell you, Molly? Cheap-case <laughs> Bronson is still on the loose and 6000 bucks on his head.
4: <laughs> get that greedy look out of your eyes, dearie. Let the police catch him. You know, that's what we pay taxes for.
5: Oh, yeah. The cops in this town couldn't catch a stalled bus on a dead-end street.
4: <laughs>
5: I think I'll call him up and offer to handle this end of town for him. I'll get a few guys together and drag out the throw net.
4: Throw out the drag net.
5: Sure, sure. I'll take Uncle Sycamore's old six-shooter And if Briefcase Bronson pulls a gun on me I'll fill him so full of lead They'll have to embalm him in a smelter
4: Now, just a minute Here, here I'll blast him down That's what I'll do I'll
5: walk right up to him And I'll say Quiet and deadly, I'll say Okay, Bronson, I says It's curtains this time Then he'll go for his rod
4: What for? To hang the curtains?
5: (laughs) He'll go for his gun I beat him to the draw He sees I got him He's yelled. He drops his gun I stoop to pick it up He hits me on the head And knocks me out Hey, that didn't work out very good, did it?
4: And while you lie there more unconscious than usual, Bronson disguises himself as a bottle of mint sauce and takes it on the (laughs)
1: lam.
5: Well, if the police department will give me a free hand, I'll bet
4: you... Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hello,
3: Molly. And how are you today, slump seat?
5: (laughs) Hi, Stork Chaser. I'm as well as a man could be who has a family doctor who took his degree at the stockyards.
4: Don't be insulting, McGee. Dr. Gamble is considered one of the best diagnosticians in the country.
5: In the country, that's quite possible. (laughs) Anybody can diagnose a bee sting. And you're just the kind of
3: a simpleton who gets stung by a bee and then runs out and slaps a handful of mud on it.
4: Say, I've heard that was very good for bee stings, doctor.
3: So have I. (laughs) Well, is it or ain't it? Frankly, trout face, I wouldn't know. The Chinese used fruit mold poultices for a thousand years, but now we call it penicillin and write articles about it. Savages have been dunking themselves in hot mud holes since time began, but we're educated. We call it hydrotherapy.
5: It's very discouraging. (laughs)
4: <laughs> well, I tell you, I'd suggest you don't carry anything very valuable when you make your calls, Doctor
5: Briefcase Bronson is hiding out in Wistful Vista, Doc I'm gonna see if I can nail him and collect the 6,000 bucks reward Look, my
3: boy, I've got enough trouble keeping you on your feet Without having to plug up a lot of leaks in your baggy frame <laughs> Caused by standing too close to a public enemy with a forty-five.
5: Oh, I can take care of myself
3: Yes, you're in fine condition to go chasing gangsters You wouldn't last two rounds with a revolving door.
4: I don't know. He's got a great big pistol that belonged to his Uncle Sycamore, Doctor. You betcha. And he knows where the trigger is without even looking.
5: I'm pretty fast on the draw, too, Doc. Watch this. Suppose I was packing a gun. Guy makes a false move, and I whip my hand back like this. Hey, Hey, get me loose, will you, Molly? What's the matter with him?
4: It's... Oh dearie, he's got his thumb caught in his belt <laughs> There you are, dearie oh,
5: Thanks
3: And this is the little fumble fist who's going after briefcase Bronson? The way you stick your neck out, buddy You'd give a giraffe a terrible inferiority complex
5: Don't worry about me, fatso You go peddle your pale pills to pink people I'll do the bandit catching
3: Yes, you probably will when he sees you gumshoeing after him, he'll fall down laughing, and you can jump on his stomach. <laughs> well, I'll be at my office pretty late tonight if you need me for anything, like, say, uh, sewing your ears back on. <laughs> so long, now. <laughs>
1: oh. Oh.
5: Nobody thinks I can catch briefcase, Bronson, does he? Well, I'll show him. I'm going to call the police right now and get deputized. Hand me the phone. Here you are. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the whistle Mr. Police... Of... Oh, is that you, Myrtle? Oh, dear. How's oh, every little thing, Mert? This, eh? What say? Your grandmother got a sock in the what? Oh, that's too bad. Now, right?
4: who on earth would hit an old lady, McGee? Oh, nobody
5: hit any old lady. Your grandmother got a sock in the hinge of her sewing basket.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Tore a big hole in the heel. <laughs> what say, Mert? Okay. Well, I was trying anyway. I'll call later. <laughs> Please don't answer. They're probably dragging out the throw net for Bronson.
4: It's throwing out the drag net.
5: Oh, yes. Uh, Well, anyway, if they. Hello, folks. What's new? You mean you haven't heard, Junior?
2: Heard what?
4: About Briefcase Bronson. Who's he? Who's he? Don't you ever listen to the radio?
2: You mean the one in my car? Yes. I haven't got a radio in my car. (laughs) Oh.
4: For goodness sakes, Mr. Wilcox, haven't you heard about Briefcase Bronson, the Desperado, who was somewhere in Wistful Vista?
5: Gee, no. What's he doing here? He's on the lam, Junior, and there's 6,000 bucks reward for him, and I'm just the guy that would like to glom onto
2: it. Well, believe me, pal, he'll be awfully hard to track down in this town.
4: Why, Mr. Wilcox?
2: Well, look, if he's hot, he won't dare go to hotels or restaurants. No. He'll have to eat someplace, won't he? I suppose so. So what's the answer? He'll have to break into houses for food. That's why he'll be so hard to track down. I got a nasty feeling that I'm lowering my guard, Junior. But why will he be so hard to track down? Because Johnson's self-polishing glow coat's very popular in this town. And any tracks he leaves in West Vista kitchens will be wiped off the linoleum so fast by proud housewives there won't be any trace of him. Mm. Molly, you know how easy a glow-coated floor is to keep clean. Yes,
4: yes, I do, Mr. Wilcox, but after all... You see,
2: at this particular season with mud and rain so often tracked onto kitchen floors, practically all smart housewives are protecting and preserving and beautifying their kitchen linoleum with Johnson's glow coat. Yeah, but look... What and I... the minute they see a muddy footprint or a spot of something spilled, they grab a damp cloth and presto, off it comes. And knowing how easy glow coat is to apply and how it shines as it dries, why, one housewife tells another and she spreads the good word, and that's why almost every home in this town uses glow coat. Well, I gotta go.
4: So soon, Mr.
2: Wilcox? Yeah. Go down and get sworn in as a special cop and go after that $6,000 reward.
5: Now, just a darn minute there, Junior. You're muscling in on my territory. This was my idea.
2: Yeah, but my uncle is on the police force. Big Tony Wilcox. I got a drag and you haven't. However, if you catch him and I don't, I'll split the reward with you. Well, that's better. Shake. Okay. See you later, pal.
1: Oh. <laughs>
4: That was quite a deal you put over there, pal.
5: Oh, Waxy's a pretty decent sort of a guy. This way, if I catch Bronson and he doesn't, I still get three... Th- <laughs>
4: hey, wait a minute. Was that the deal? It certainly was. Oh, and a prettier piece of finigling I haven't seen since my cousin Clancy paid $500 for the exclusive rights to shoot whales in Lake Erie. <laughs> well, I'm going out and help you live with dinner, McGee.
5: Okay. Don't
4: go bandit hunting without telling me now.
5: Okay, okay. Ah, there goes a good kid. She knows that as a deputy sheriff, I got more chance of being swore at than swore in. <laughs> Is this Bronson ever... Come in.
4: Hi, mister. Oh,
5: hello there, Sheeny. Come on tally-boo. Hmm? That's French for how's everything.
4: Oh. <laughs> hey, mister, can I borrow some salt? I want to sprinkle my victory garden.
5: Sprinkle your garden with salt? Mm-hmm. What? What are you raising? Peanuts. Oh. <laughs> well, I hope you're not going to work in a garden wearing that pretty white dress, are you?
4: Sure. All the gardening magazines have ladies in them, all dressed up with gloves on and stuff.
5: Well, that's just mm-hmm. for the photographer, sis. The minute the photographers leave, then women run in the house and get into some run-down shoes and a pair of slacks at... <clears throat> Make 'em look like they'd been put into on in the bicycle pump.
4: Uh-huh. Well, what difference does it make what you wear, mister?
5: Plenty, sis. You got a dress for different occasions. And I speak as an authority.
4: Gee, honest?
5: Yes, sir. I always been known for my taste and judgment in clothes. Oh? Uh-huh. Why, even when I worked in a sawmill way up there in Oregon, I was known as the biggest dude in the mill. Oh? Uh-huh. Mill dude McGee, I was known as <laughs> Mildewed McGee, a magnificent mask of masculine muscle, mesmerizing moonstruck maidens from Minneapolis, Minnesota to Missoula, Montana, in my made-to-measure moleskin Mackinac with matching moccasins, maroon mittens, and magenta muffler. Oh. <laughs> mentioned most every month in many of the men's magazines as the mirror and model for male millinery merchants, meticulous material manufacturers, and miscellaneous members of the metropolitan mob. A merry, modest mug, but have you got a question, sis?
4: No, well, I'm going to spam if you're going to go on like this. <laughs>
2: The King's men and the Martins and the Coys. Gather
7: round me, children, and I'll tell a story Of the mountains in the days when guns was law. When two families got disputin', it was bound to end in shooting. So just listen, and I'll tell you what I saw All their fighting started one bright Sunday morning When old Grandpa Coy was full of Mountain Dew Quiet as a church mouse. Shh. He stole in the Martin's hen house. Shh. For the coys they needed eggs for breakfast, too. Shh. Hey, boys, boys. Oh, the martins and the coys they was breakfast mountain boys. And old Grandpa Coy, he was the first to go. No, he saw the Martins coming, He had hardly started running when a volley shook the heels, laid him low. That they started out to fight in earnest And they scarred the mountain up with shot and shell There was uncles, brothers, cousins Why they bumped each other by the dozen Just how many bit the dust, it's hard to tell Now the sole remaining coy was handsome Henry While the one surviving Martin's name was Grace was set to pull the trigger when he saw her pretty figure. You could see that love had kicked him in the face. Oh, the Martins and the Coys, it was reckless mountain boys. But they say their ghostly cussing gives you chills. Cause the hatchet sure was buried when Sweet Grace and Henry married. It broke up the best darn few.
5: Hey, Molly, I was just listening to the radio, and they think briefcase Bronson is holed up in the old car barn. Oh, really? Yeah, they're searching the amusement park now.
4: Why are they searching the amusement park if they think he's in the old car barn?
5: Hmm, what do you want them to do? Get shot? <laughs> I think I'll drop down at the police station right after dinner and hey, when is dinner?
4: Almost any time now. I'll ask Beulah.
5: Yeah.
4: Oh, Beulah?
6: Beulah? Somebody ball for Beulah? <laughs>
5: Yeah, when will dinner be ready, Beulah?
6: Well, sir, if you don't mind my saying so, if you had let Beulah slack the pot roast for tonight... Yeah, sir, if you let Beulah select the pot roast for tonight, dinner would have been ready several minutes hitherto.
1: <laughs>
6: However, that beef you pick out, Mr. McGee, must have been a tired old bull when the Indians give General Custer that last scalp, baby.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: Tough, is it, Beulah? Tough? Oh, ma'am, you got no idea. I, 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 I soak it in vinegar I slap the Jackson of it with a rolling pin I boiled it for three hours And it's been roasting for five hours And I still feel like a Tory dough When I stick the fork in it Well,
5: that's odd, Beulah I picked that piece of beef out myself The butcher says I was a chump to take it But I thought he just said that Because he was trying to save it for a special customer
6: He ain't gonna make no friends and influence No people selling stuff like that i am telling you, it was a shame to butcher a still like that. Mm. Still had 10,000 miles left in it.
1: <laughs> well, it'll
4: probably make a good hash tomorrow, Beulah.
6: Yes, ma'am, if we can get Mr. Charles Atlas over here to turn the meat grinder. <laughs> Is it really that bad, Beulah? Ma'am, I swear on a stack of ration books, I have never seen a pot roast like <laughs> that. Mm. The potatoes and carrots and onions I was cooking with it has long since been mushed. But that meat's still soaking in that red hot water like it was just relaxing in a warm bath.
5: (laughs) Well, that's probably a cut off the cow that jumped over the moon, Beulah. All muscles.
6: (laughs) Cut to jump over the moon. He's just laying back waiting for me with that.
1: Oh,
4: man. I think I'd better go out and take a look at that pot roast myself, baby. Okay,
5: I'll see if I can find Uncle Sycamore's old pistol. So if I get deputized by the police, I'll be all set. Well,
4: now be careful.
5: <clears throat> be careful, she says. As if I didn't know how to handle guns. Why, my father gave me a 22 rifle when I was 13 bullets for it when I was twenty-five. <laughs> Anyways, I ought to be in. Come in. Good evening. Hi, Bud. What's on your mind? If you have got magazines in that briefcase, I warn you that we. Be... Briefcase. Oh my gosh. You must be. Oh no. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid I am. I wondered if you'd know. Neatly dressed, brown hair, slightly bald, mild blue eyes. Hey. Hey, did you ever do anything about that mole on your left hip, briefcase? Oh, now, let's not get personal, my friend. Do you mind if I sit down before we get to business? Uh, sh- sure, sure, sure. Sit down. <laughs> Excuse me a minute. Hey, where are you going? I, 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 I thought I'd get a drink of telephone. I mean, I... <laughs> I, I got to call, a glass of water. I'll see you about it. <laughs> oh, sit down. This won't take long. Okay, but... Take it easy now, will you, Briefcase? I I don't care so much for myself, but my wife, my little wife, she's in the kitchen there. Yes, it's her I was thinking about, friend. (coughs) Tell me, if anything should happen to you, is she provided for? Yeah, but, uh, but, 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 is something going to happen to me?
3: (laughs) One never knows, does one? Life is so uncertain, accidents, hold-ups. Tell me. You carry much money with you, usually? Well, no, Now, what I I mean is, suppose, for instance, you were held up, you didn't have enough money with you, thus angering the hold-up man. He might shoot you down like a dog. Uh,
5: Don't you... uh, I mean, uh, don't this hold-up man uh, like dogs? (laughs) (laughs) That's irrelevant, my friend. Now, I have here in my briefcase... I know darn well what you got in that briefcase. Briefcase? And I don't want to see him. Now, get out of here, will you? Oh, you don't think much of your life, do you? Oh, please, but you wouldn't actually... I mean, well, <laughs> would you? Well, <laughs> that's what I came here for, but I suppose I'll have to give you a chance to think it over. But remember, I'll be back. Sure, sure, sure. Come back anytime, time, any time at all. Just get out of here now. That's all I want. Very well. I'm sorry you feel that way about it. How do I get out of here? This door here? Sure, right. No, no, no. Take that door there. Huh? That's it. That's the one. Oh, thank you. Now, remember, think this over... I think you'll see the wisdom of doing business with me. Oh, I'm sure I will, briefcase. I'm sure I will. Well, songs! So long.
1: Oh, 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 oh.
5: Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, the moosehead got him.
4: Knocked him cold. I got him. I got him. Hey, Molly. Molly, come here, quick. What on earth are you yelling about, McGee? And what have you done to Mr. Davis? I let him
5: open the closet door, and that moose head knocked him cold. Get the police! Get the. Who?
4: Mr. Davis, the new insurance man.
5: Insurance man?
4: Why, sure, he always calls on Tuesday to collect our 35 cent premium. Oh, my
5: goodness. Then this isn't.
4: Oh.
7: Oh, 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 oh
4: my arm. Mr. Davis, Mr. Davis, I'm terribly sorry. Are you hurt? Oh, my arm. I,
5: I think it's broken. Gee whiz, bud. I wouldn't have had this happen for the world. It was all a mistake. You sure that arm is busted? Yes, I'm sure. Oh,
7: and me with no insurance. Oh.
4: This is ridiculous. <laughs>
2: If you're going to do a little spring house cleaning, I'd like to offer you a suggestion, one I'm sure you'll welcome. Undoubtedly, you'll be cleaning and polishing your furniture and woodwork, and I'm very anxious for you to try Johnson's Cream Wax for this purpose. Cream Wax is a very special product developed just for furniture and woodwork. It contains several cleansing ingredients so that it really does an amazing job of cleaning. You'll appreciate this the first time you use Cream Wax on light-painted woodwork or on your white refrigerator. Dirt, fingerprints, and smudges disappear in a flash. Then, with a minimum of rubbing, the surface takes on a beautiful, lustrous polish that's easy to keep clean. Johnson's Cream Wax leaves a tough film of wax that protects the surface. Your dining room tabletop and sideboard will take on new beauty when you protect them with Johnson's Cream Wax, the new white wax polish. Try a bottle. I know you'll like it.
5: Here's a short message to all our friends in Canada. We want to wish you a complete and overwhelming success with your eighth victory
4: loan drive. The citizens of the United States have a great admiration and respect, not only for the fighting qualities, but for the loyalty and determination of their Canadian neighbors.
5: And we know that you'll guarantee the future security and economic welfare of yourselves and your returning servicemen by buying Canadian victory bonds to the utmost of your abilities. Good luck. And
4: good night. Good
2: night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax finishes for home and industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company.